We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Today, guys, I have a very special guest. You guys probably know him from around Colts Twitter. And if you listen to the Locked On Colts podcast, Zach Hicks. Zach, how are you doing, man? I know you said you're just coming off of a cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. my voice sounds a little uh, raspy or, or a little uh, weak. That's that's what it is there. But yeah, no, excited to be here. Talk some Colts free agency. Talk some potential targets. I know it's always a fun time. Uh you know, to, to get into all this free agency type stuff here, but yeah, yeah, no, coming back from the cold and trying to work back, but you know, the grind never stops, you know, there you go. Before we get into actual free agency, I am going to ask you a draft question just because it's all Colts nation can talk about right now. And it's about Marvin Harrison jr. Um, We'll just have some fun to start this out. (laughs) What would you be willing to give up if you're Indianapolis to go and get Marvin Harrison if somehow he falls a couple spots, what would you be willing to give up to get him? I mean, what, what's your definition of a couple spots? Because, I mean, I'm assuming we're thinking... I mean, we're, let's assume he makes it to, like, out of the top four. Let's just say that sure. somehow. I mean, look, him falling out of the top four or five would be a major upset uh, at this point. Like, I, I do think him and Malika Neighbors are the top two players in this draft, two receivers. They're going to be probably top five picks both of them both just phenomenal players but you know it's it's a really interesting debate when it comes down to the marvin harrison jr thing so let's say he falls to like six or seven you know whatever it is he's he's not going to unless a major injury pops up but let's just say he falls to six or seven what do you move up for a receiver nowadays and and i know marvin harrison jr is a special receiver he's a different type of receiver he's not the type of receiver that we typically see you know a guy with his size his speed, his athleticism, his production, obviously the bloodlines to Indy. I know that's another thing that people are going crazy about, but um, I I think, I don't know. I think trading up when it comes to receivers nowadays is market inefficiency, because if you're looking at the last couple draft classes, I mean, look how many receivers are being pumped out into this league that are not even just like good players. We're talking like the stars of football, you know, and it's not even first round picks every single time. I mean, Puka Nakua had what 1400 yards with second team, all pro 
And he was a day three pick this year. And I'm not saying that everyone can find a Puka Nakua, but you got Nico Collins there with, with Houston who did a similar thing. I mean, the Colts number one wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. was found in the second round. Uh, the Chiefs had a thousand yard rookie receiver and Rasheed Rice, who was a second round pick. Like we are seeing with the rise of seven on seven babies and, and with these receivers playing wide receiver since the time they're like five years old and really honing into their craft at such a young age, we're seeing drafts being littered with just so many good receivers. There were like eight receivers in this class that had like over 700 yards receiving as rookies. You know, Josh Downs being one of them. You know, Josh Downs for the Colts being a good one. So trading up and trading a ton of resources for one guy is, is seems like a market inefficiency, and that's where I struggle with the Marvin Harrison Jr. thing. Uh, but if the Colts did it, I'm not going to complain. Like if you're giving up an extra first – and, you know, some some other day two picks is probably what it would cost to get up there and go get them. I'm not going to complain because you could have your next A.J. Green or Julio Jones type receiver. Uh, but personally, I would lean on the side of not moving up for him just because we're seeing this market explosion of receivers right now and moving up for one, albeit it could be the best one. Like this could be a, a game changing difference maker. It feels like every draft has like six of these guys now, though. Like not not Marvin Harrison Jr., but like has like six difference makers. So it's like yeah. just keep taking your shots, and eventually you're gonna hit one. Uh, I think that's more of the right way to go. But look, if they went up for Marvin Harrison Jr., they gave up an extra first and some day two picks. I'm not gonna complain. I'm not gonna cry. You're getting a, a superstar level player prospect uh, that could really just change the dynamics of your offense. So a little bit of a long winded answer there, but I, I love Marvin Harrison Jr. I'd love him in Indy, but. I just think the Colts are a little out of range for the market uh, efficient market inefficiency that's going on right now. Yeah. I mean, we talked about, I know I saw the Zaire Franklin podcast video this morning <laughs> talking about how anything that's not bolted down in the city of Indianapolis would get sent to whatever team is needed. Uh, I talked about that earlier. I said that that would be the one player that you could trade anything for it. And Colts Nation just would not care, could just simply yeah. because it's Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. Uh, but let's go ahead, hop into free agency here. That's more important as of this moment. Uh, so first things first, what position do you believe is most important that the Colts go and attack in free agency? Is it wide receiver? Is it cornerback? Is it edge rush? Which one do you think they should go for? Honestly, I think when it, when you look at the potential guys that are going to be available and where the Colts have a desperate need for this team right now and just the how the market is shaping up as of right now, I actually think one of the more intriguing positions to go after is safety. Uh, I think safety would be a big one for the Colts. I mean, look, the, the safety play in Indy was not good enough last year mm-hmm. by any means. I mean, Julian Blackman had a strong season. Uh, but whoever they were putting next to him all season long, outside of a couple of really good flashes from Nick Cross and Rodney Thomas, uh, you just were not getting good enough play from your two safeties in this scheme, a scheme that is so dependent on safety play. Like the safety play is the crux of this entire defense. If the safety play is not good enough, you're giving up explosives, you're missing tackles, you're you're just not doing what this defense is designed to do. Uh, and then when you look at this free agent class for safety, you're looking at a lot of guys that can really fit the Gus Bradley mold. And maybe if you re-sign a Julian Blackman, Blackman can go back to being more of your free safety over the top guy. And you can bring in one of these strong safety type guys to fill that that spot over the middle. So like, you know, we're, we're going to get into more names here in a second, but like a Cameron Curl or a Jeremy Chin 
or Xavier McKinney can play a little bit of both safety. Um, th- there's a lot of really intriguing safeties in this free agent class. Jaron Curse, Jaron Curse from from Dallas, another guy who has experience in this cover three type system. I just think they need more of a veteran back there. I think they need a more quality starter alongside whether it's Julian Blackman or whether it's you know you want to just roll into next season with Nick Cross. Uh, the safety play just needs to be better though for this defense to be better. And this market looks like there's going to be a lot of good players hitting that market overall. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I definitely think Indy needs to bring back Blackman because, I mean, when it comes to my philosophy is is if you don't if you don't have a clear direction of what where you're going to go with it, and clearly Indy does not have any great safety play behind Blackman, you have to make sure you keep that guy around because you don't really have a lot of leverage in that regard. And I think the great thing is with Blackman, you don't have to pay him top dollar at the safety position in order to keep him happy. Um, you mentioned Xavier McKinney. You mentioned a few other guys. Like, what are the, what, yeah, who do you think they should target if they're looking for like maybe that free safety type role to kind of fill in for where Rodney Thomas originally was? Yeah, free safety is tough because I, there's not, typically you're not going to have many good free safeties hitting the market when it comes to, you know, free agency, Chris Ballard had a great quote in his, in his uh, end of the season presser the other day, where look, if a guy's hitting free agency, there's typically a reason why they're hitting free agency. You know, this is why you typically don't see like young premier edge rushers hitting. This is why you typically don't see young top tier free safeties hitting outside of an occasional Jesse Bates hitting the market. Uh, So like, I'm sure people will look at the free agent market and be like, Oh God, Winfield's going to hit the market. Let's go get him. He's not hitting the market. Like (laughs) Antoine Winfield's not hitting the market. Um, He's, he's an all pro this season. He's not going to hit the market. Um, But I think if, you know, if you want a guy who can maybe not just be like a pure free safety, but more rotational guy, a guy who can come down in the box, also go over the top. Uh, Geno Stone makes sense from the Ravens. I mean, he might hit just because they're already paying uh, a free safety top dollar there with Marcus Williams there in Baltimore. Uh, Stone had seven picks this year for the Ravens. Really, really good player. Xavier McKinney is another one where if you want to go more top dollar for safety, uh, he can play a little bit of both free and strong. And then maybe if you want to put Julian Blackman back at free safety, you know, a guy who can who is rangy and capable of doing that, then you could pay a little extra for a Kyle Duggar or pay a little extra for a Cam Curl or, you know, go a little bit more of the hometown discount, like more because he's from the area and go for like a Jeremy Chin and put him back at strong safety. I think there's a lot of different routes that can go with safety here. Uh, which is great. You want to have options, and that's perfect for a guy like Chris Ballard, who who is kind of frugal when it comes to free agency. He's not gonna, you know, he's not just gonna throw all the cash he has at one free agent and just call it a day. He's mm-hmm. gonna be frugal. He's gonna find the Samson Ebukams and the Danico Autry types and and make his moves there. Um, I think that's a perfect free agent class for a Chris Ballard. Is looking at one of these safeties, and say, okay, who pairs with our scheme best? Who comes from this system in their background and who can fit our defense? And yeah, I think there's a couple guys that strong safety or free safety they could grab in this class. Yeah, I think it was cool that you mentioned the flexibility of Julian Blackman because I think a lot of people forget that is, yeah, he was a free safety when he came in and he had yeah. that sensational rookie year and then, you know, got hurt for the next couple and then this next year when he gets moved to strong safety has his best statistical year uh, before that injury. So it's kind of funny because yeah, you can interchange Julian Blackman, however you feel the need to, and then get best available safety for your uh, defensive scheme 
which I think is a great thing to think about. You mentioned some of the guys that won't be hitting free agency because they're probably going to get deals. Uh, And that ties me straight into our next group here. And I think that it's a, it's a position that a lot of people are kind of just not really talking about, not mainly because this position group had a good amount of success last year, but I think we understand it that the Colts were fifth in sacks last year, Zach, but they were overall 22nd in total pressures. So yes, you did get the sack numbers, but your overall effectiveness as a defensive line still was not that great for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, in, at, in totality, I think we can all agree that Gus Bradley's system has a lot to do with that because they don't like to blitz and they just don't have a tendency to get a lot of pressure in that way. But that means if you're going to just stick with that four-man front doing that, clearly this four-man front is not being extremely effective. So I think you need to try to find that next great edge rusher that can help change the game for you. Uh, and, and like you said, that is very hard to come by. Uh, there's really only a few names that I think that could hit free agency that actually could do that for you. And I'm guessing at least two of the three names that I'm thinking of are most likely going to get a deal before they even hit free agency. But that's, uh, Brian Burns, Danielle Hunter, and Josh Allen. Uh, do you think that, there is any way that Indy could, I mean, may, maybe not end up seeing them in free agency, but could initiate a trade to get any of these guys? Or do you think that that's just not going to be a Chris Ballard thing that we see? Yeah. So, I mean, plenty of things I want to touch on here, actually, with this topic. It's really interesting to me. Um, when it comes to the pressure rate, obviously, you mentioned Gus Bradley's defense being part of that. I think another aspect of that is just overall the the style of defense they had to play to accommodate the inexperience at in the secondary and and maybe the not great coverage at linebacker as well where they had to sit back they had to rely on their ability to come up and make tackles and and rely on quarterbacks wanting to be too aggressive and pushing the ball down the field when the Colts are going to allow things in the flat so what we saw with this Colts defensive line is they were they ranked fifth overall in in pass rush win rate according to ESPN's metrics now I'm not the biggest fan of ESPN's win rate metrics, but I do think they they paint a general picture. So fifth might be a little too high, honestly, and and um, stuff like that. But I do think it paints a better picture than just raw pressure numbers of being 22nd because there were a lot of situations where you'll see Dio Dangbo throwing his guy to the ground or DeForest Buckner. I mean, DeForest Buckner <laughs> was winning every single pass rush rep for the whole second half of the season. I mean, he, he was yeah. unblockable the second half of the season, but you would see him toss the guy to the ground and the quarterback would find the running back in the flat or they'd throw it to a screen or, you know, something like that. So it's like, I think this defensive line was more productive than what the pressure rate numbers showed. Maybe not as productive as the sack rates numbers show, but I do think there was a healthy medium where I would say this is probably somewhere in the 10 to 12 range of most productive pass rushing fronts in the NFL. And I think you can win with that. Now, don't get me wrong pass rushers i would love to add more pass rush you can never have too many pass rushers whether that's another defensive lineman like interior defensive lineman whether that's an edge rusher um but i think an interesting part of the conversation when it comes to adding that elite guy that over the top guy that just you know that max crosby type that tj watt type is they never hit the market they will never hit the market uh, i mean even the guys you mentioned josh allen is is as close as you're going to get to that top 
tier mm-hmm. level because he, I mean, he's a near all pro type guy, really good player. Yeah. Uh, but there's no chance the Colts can trade for him because he's a divisional rival. He's going to get tagged at worst. So he's he's going to stay in Jacksonville. Brian Burns, I mean, the Panthers turned down multiple firsts for him last year. I doubt he's going anywhere unless you're trading multiple firsts plus more for him. And then Daniel Hunter is the only one that has a chance, I think, at being you know, an actual free agent because he can't be tagged due to a contract provision. Uh, but he's going to have so many suitors. And one thing I found really interesting looking at free agent edge rushers the last couple seasons is I have never seen a position rate with so much big money poured into it that misses almost every single time. Like Chandler Jones, Von Miller, big contracts. Gosh, those blew up so bad. Near 30-year-old, I mean, either 30-year-old or 30-plus-year-old guys that just didn't work. Romeo Aquara, horrible deal for them. Carl Lawson for the Jets, terrible deal for them. I mean, these deals blow up so much. The only two I could find that were positive over like $10 million per year deals were Trey Hendrickson, which ended up being just a phenomenal deal for the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals uh, back in, what, 2021 or 2020, whatever it was. Uh, and then Hassan Reddick with the Eagles, obviously. But that was already after people passed on him multiple times because they didn't know what to I do was, with him. I was such a big fan of Hassan Reddick. Even right. when he went to Carolina the first time, I was pounding the desk for Ballard yeah. to make that deal happen because – when he went to Carolina, he only got paid six and a half million dollars. And yep. that was a guy that just came off of a 12 sack season. I'm like, please. And then we see what Hassan Reddick has become now. That's yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. But really, those are the only two guys that like if you count the Eagles deal, <laughs> that he got, and then you count the um, if you count the Eagles deal, he got and then you count the um, Hendrickson with the Bengals. Like those are the only two guys that got like big contract free agency money as edge rushers that actually panned out. So these edge rush contracts, it's really hard to like pay that top dollar and actually have them be worth that top dollar. So it's an interesting dynamic. Like you want to add that star guy, but really the best way to get that star guy is to draft him. And the Colts have tried drafting. I mean, look, Dio Dangbo, uh, if you look at Brandon Thorne's pass, uh, his uh, pressure rates and stuff that he was looking at for for edge rushers and pass rushers in general, uh, Dio Dangbo was, what, the third youngest player that appeared on his top 30 list mm-hmm. of pressure and true sack rate and stuff like that. Did a really good job with that. Samson Ebukam was in the top 20 for, for that ranking as well. And Ebukam, I think, honestly, if you look at edge rusher contracts over the past five years, Ebu Khan's probably a top six or seven contract that has been given out in free agency to a pass rusher. So mm-hmm. if Chris Ballard can find another Ebu Khan type signing, I think that's a positive win for this team. You know, a guy like, uh, I had one right here, Michael Dana from the, from the Chiefs, a player who has gotten six, seven, eight sacks a season with the Chiefs the last two years. He's not going to get this gigantic contract, but you get a little bit of a more speed rusher in there who can do some good things. Another good one I think would be a really fascinating ad would be Josh Uche from the Patriots, a player who has a high win rate historically, really good uh, third down pass rusher, uh, but he didn't have a ton of sacks last year. I think he only had like two or three sacks, uh, but that's another guy who can just get after the quarterback. Uh, So if you really want to find that next productive pass rusher in free agency, I think the way you look at it is look for the Ebukam type deals. Don't look for the Chandler Jones or don't look for the Von Miller deals because if you miss on those deals, you're setting back your your team for a little bit. I mean, the Bills gave Von Miller like six years on his contract and he's a, he was a healthy scratch the last couple of weeks of the season. Uh, Chandler yeah. Jones, I mean, I don't want to go too much detail on the Chandler Jones. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on with that. But like, 
these are big time deals that people are because you have to pay a premium to get a premium player and you think you're getting a premium player. But look, at the end of the day, if a guy's hitting the market, there's typically a reason, especially if they're a big name guy like that. So I think looking for I don't want to say the bargain bin guys, but like the mid tier mid tier guys who just didn't get a chance in their last stop, like the Samson Ebukam. The Samson Ebukam is a perfect signing. The Danico Autry signing, perfect signing. Get the guy who's on the verge of being that dude for you. Give him a mid-level deal and let him go to work. I think that's what this pass rush needs. I mean, look, if you can give me a Trey Hendrickson, a Max Crosby, a TJ Wad, a Miles Garrett, you know, whatever that is, sure, I will love it. I, I will do jumping jags, front flips, whatever I need to do to get that. But uh, the real, reality of the matter is you're not really getting those guys unless you're drafting them or you get really lucky with the Trey Hendrickson signing uh, the <laughs> Bengals did. That was great, but... Um, yeah, I think, you know, going after guys who are on the verge of breaking out and hoping they can take that next step is the way that you should attack edge rusher in free agency. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, no doubt that right now Indy has a good collection of young players on that defensive line. And you hope that they continue to improve. Uh, Ebukam obviously took that next step. Uh, Quiddy Pay took a little bit bigger of a step. Dio Odangbo mm-hmm. obviously did. And you hope that Odangbo has another gear in him. Um, right. Obviously, from just a perspective of trying to find that elite tier guy. Uh, Everything you said about it, completely true. Um, I think truly the only person I would say that has that high potential upside to maybe still have a chance for Indy is Brian Burns, simply due to the fact that Carolina is in a desperate position where they need uh, draft capital more than anything. They need players. They need money. They need things to be able to, uh, rebuild this team from the ground up. So Burns is in a position where he is just, he has the free reign to do whatever. Like you said, with Josh Allen and these other guys, there's no chance. I mean, and Jacksonville's not going to let that walk. So I totally get that. Um, what's your thoughts on a offensive weapon for Indy this time around? Because I mean, we talked, you talked about the draft, you talked about, when Marvin Harrison, there's like a million other wide receivers in this draft class that are, you know, going to be that second, third round that are still going to be high quality players for teams here in the next year. 
is there any weapons out there right now in free agency that interest you with Shane Steichen in this offense? Yeah, you know, honestly, I, it, it can kind of tie this conversation back into our Marvin Harrison Jr. one is I'm staunchly opposed to paying any real dollar to a free agent wide receiver nowadays. I just mm-hmm. I don't see the value in it, you know, like, like, don't get me wrong. If, if a situation opens up where you can make a trade for a guy who is about to hit their fifth year option uh, and it doesn't look like the team's going to end up paying them like we saw with the A.J. Brown trade a couple years ago, like we saw with the Tyreek Hill trade, obviously from Kansas City. If that opportunity opens up to you, sure, take it. Like, if you can get a one-of-one one guy, if you can get a top-10 guy, top-15 guy, whatever it is, uh, you take it. So if, if, for whatever reason, the 49ers are calling teams and saying, hey, Brandon Ayuk is available, do it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. Send whatever they need there. You send whoever you need there. That's that's the Marvin Harrison Jr. type trade, too. It's like, okay, send the practice facility. Zyra Franklin got to get on board with this one, too, because Brandon Ayuk is that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't, I don't see that materializing. So outside of that, I don't think there's going to be too much in the trade market for a wide receiver. And then you just look at free agent wide receivers. Look, like I said, we're, we're in this new age of football where wide receiver plays at such a high level where if a dude is hitting the market as a wide receiver, odds are there's a big reason for that. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, it might be a team that's trying to go younger and it's an older guy that they don't need anymore. So, I mean, one guy I did put down just because I think the Colts need a guy who can make that and do a little bit of that is Curtis Samuel from the Commanders, you know, productive little player that can do things as your wide receiver for. But, you know, ultimately when it comes down to wide receiver, at the end of the day, I just want to keep taking shots in the draft. You know, like you'll you'll have to work through that rookie season where they're going to hit that 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 rookie wall there halfway through the year. But luckily when they do that, you'll have Josh Downs in year two who can pick up the slack. You'll have Michael Pittman Jr. Who's your number one uh, who can, who can pick up the slack. You have Alec Pierce, hopefully taking that next step next year who can pick up the slack. Like I think just keep taking the young guys and, and eventually you're going to hit on one with the way that we're seeing it. But uh, I will say that one, one area that I think you can add a playmaker nowadays with free agency is tight end. I think tight end makes more sense to add in free agency than wide receiver. I don't know if you had any tight ends down that you liked, but I, I personally look at tight end more as like, a okay, tight ends are more ready to play if I sign them than rookie tight ends. Rookie tight ends take a little bit. So mm-hmm. I look more at tight end than I look at receiver when it comes to free agency. Yeah, I mean, and no doubt about it. And when it comes to the tight end room right now, it's it's a little bit weird for Indy because, you know, yeah. Jelani had those chronic uh, lower body issues. We don't know how that's going to work out going into 2024, although we hope we, he is going to be okay. Uh, Molly Cox, I have a feeling, is going to end up being on his way out, at least not from maybe still on the team, but from an offensive production standpoint, probably not going to be there anymore. Uh, Will Mallory still is a young guy, and Kylan Granson kind of gets – throw a mix in the mold every once in a while. So, you know, there's still that opportunity. I have been like, ever since the season ended, I have been one of those Brock Bowers truthers um, that would absolutely love to have a Brock Bowers because, you know, he's not just a tight end. He's a wide receiver in a tight ends body. You know, he is a, he is a weapon. He is not just a tight end. He is a weapon. So I, I've always been on that board. You know, I, I I highly doubt he even makes it to Indy at that time. But I always tell I always tell people, listen, it, the, the draft boards go differently every year. No one ever really has an understanding 
of what these GMs actually are thinking. Because, I mean, you just look at last year, all those wide receivers that we said were going to be top 10, top 15 picks, they all get drafted in the 20s. So, I mean, uh, things happen like that. Um, but yeah, I totally get the tight end thing for free agency more than wide receiver. You're right. It's hard to say that a wide receiver from another team is going to come to this other team on more money and do more, uh, typically falls into the argument of, you know, they get paid and then they just are never the same player. Once again, I, I look for, uh, the wide receivers that maybe aren't big names, but they're people that could impact Shane Steichen's offense more than anything. Uh, you know, obviously we're not going to be having Isaiah McKenzie back, I presume, <laughs> at the end of this year. Right. Um, I look for that gadget player, like you said, with Curtis Samuel or bringing Paris Campbell back or bringing some of these other guys in that are, you know, more of these slot slash sweep guys that just kind of keep defenses moving. Um, I... I thought it was funny. I I highly doubt. I don't. What's your thoughts on Calvin Ridley? Because I don't know if he's going to get re-signed with Jacksonville. Um, I think there's mixed emotions there, and he is 29, and he does have the numbers to back up a good case for you know that second wide receiver. But I mean, do you even want that kind of uh, impact with Calvin Ridley, or would you rather go looking for an under guy? Uh, like I said, I probably wouldn't pay as much as what Ridley's going to want on the open market for a receiver nowadays. But I will say, man, if you guys were annoyed with Alec Pierce and other drops and stuff, Calvin Ridley's going to frustrate the heck out of you guys. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Calvin Ridley, you'll get some stretches of really good play from him. But as a, as someone who drafted him in the third round of fantasy football this past season, oh gosh, it was so frustrating watching him play because you would get these games where it's like 100 yards and two touchdowns and you're like, there we go, there we go. That's the guy I drafted super high. And then three straight games where it's like four drops a game and like it's just not not good football from him. So uh, yeah, he, he's inconsistent, not a big blocker, which I know the Colts value in their wide receivers and stuff. And they kind of already have that in Josh Downs, a guy who, not, not that Josh Downs inconsistent, but that he's not a big blocker or anything like that. Um, but I, I mean, he's a useful player. Like I wouldn't hate bringing him over here because he's a guy who can get open, be a separator, do some things. Uh, so I wouldn't hate it, but ultimately I think, uh, I think Ridley stays with Jacksonville. I don't think they want to downgrade there at wide receiver given their offense is already hanging on by a threat at this point. Gotcha. Well, uh, last thing we could talk here, Zach, if there was one free agent that, and you had the power to bring him here and you wanted the Colts to have him. Is there one free agent that you're like, I really, really hope Indy gives this guy a shot? Oh, man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, I, like, I want to stay realistic with it, mm-hmm. honestly. I, I really do think Jeremy Chin would be a really fun fit for this defense. Jeremy Chin from the Carolina Panthers, a player who, 
uh, if you guys love the RAS or RAS or whatever from Math Bomb on uh, on Twitter, mm-hmm. perfect 10 out of 10 for the safety position. Super athlete. Uh, he's from Fishers, Indiana. So I know a lot of you guys listening probably are, you know, local Indiana guy there. Uh, but yeah, Jeremy Chin, he's just a guy where like, I'm not saying he's Cam Chancellor like, but he's a, a bigger type player who's that same size mold as a Cam Chancellor. Uh, can play some strong safety. He can do a lot of what uh, Ronnie Ronnie Harrison was doing for the team last year, playing some will linebacker and moving back to some safety if you need him. Uh, can be a little bit of a playmaker. I mean, he's a couple years removed from 100 tackle seasons. Uh, so I, I think that would be a really good fit for communication, for athleticism, for just bringing that physicality and tackling ability back to this defense. Uh, so Jeremy Chin, I think, is is a realistic dream I like. Uh, if I want to go a little bit above and beyond, like a Kyle Duggar even or a Camp Curl would be great too. But I think Jeremy Chin would be a really fun one for this defense. And I think that that fits enough into that Samson Ebukam type mold where I think I could see Ballard making a move for that type of player. Well, and especially since his last two years, uh, the games have gone down quite a bit. He right. went from being a full-time starter in 2020 and 2021. He's had to miss some games over the last few years. And so his numbers have gone down, which kind of delo- lowers the value of a Jeremy Chin. And like I said, with Carolina, I-, I don't think anyone's off the table for Carolina. If the price is right, I think anyone has the ability to go. So, hey, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. Wouldn't hate that at all. But Zach, I want to pre I want to thank you for coming on here and helping me out with this. Uh, I'm not as big in the free agency market yet. Uh, obviously, we have quite a bit more time before free agency actually gets here. But I do want to thank you for coming on here, spreading some knowledge with us, and uh, helping us understand who we should be looking for. Of course. Anytime, buddy. Yeah, I, I plan on doing some more research on this free agency, free agency class and, you know, not doing like a whole build a Ballard type for how he approaches free agency, but just looking at, you know, his type of guys, what guys make sense for this Colts team, where he likes to typically spend money and if he's going to keep spending that money at that same spot or, you know, we kind of saw what Ballard said in his in his final season press conference. He said um, that he he kind of did a lot of self-reflection on the way he did things on his on how he restricts himself to certain parameters which i feel like that was a little shout out at build a ballard series there it was because <laughs> i mean hey. look look he said that like he how he constricts himself to parameters and then he drafted this tiny receiver that goes completely against build a ballard so i think that was kind of what he would say i think it has a lot to do with the coaching staff now it does i think yeah. it, it does yeah. have a lot to do with it i think back in the day Frank Reich and them had a very similar outlook on things or Frank Reich didn't want to put his input as much into these decisions. But I think, I mean, Ballard said Shane Steichen and him, they have honest conversations. They open up about a lot of things and regardless of whether or not they agree, Shane Steichen is not afraid to speak his mind about it. And if, he thinks there's a wide receiver that goes against the mold of a Ballard prototype, uh, which obviously is warranted because we see it all the time. Then, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense that Shane Sykin has some input there. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think it'd be fun. Uh, I'm excited to see what this free agency looks like, if it's something that's similar to last year where we got a couple of pretty good mid-level signings or if it's similar to a couple years before where just retain all your own guys and then chill out, you know, the rest of free agency, yeah. but uh, it'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> it'll be fun to see what this team does and, and how they plan to build about Anthony around Anthony Richardson this off season. 
All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let us know your thoughts. Who are some free agents that the Indianapolis Colts should target in 2024? But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let us know your thoughts. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.